and welcome to Ask the Pastor. This is a segment of the West Hills Podcast, where you have the opportunity to ask and receive biblical answers on your questions from our lead pastor, Will Duvall. Today's segment is recorded from a Facebook Live video that seeks to answer the question, Can Christians Believe in Evolution? As promised, I wanted to uh, follow up from last Sunday's sermon, as well as this coming Sunday's sermon on Genesis 1, and um, tackle one of the big kind of recurring questions asked in a variety of different ways that we've gotten for our Ask the Pastor podcast, which is sort of the nature of creation and evolution. And um, the question in particular I, I want to specifically address is the question of uh, can Christians believe in evolution? Um and I want to do that, and, and actually, the answer to that question could be potentially a very short, simple one, but I want to make it a little bit more nuanced by kind of expanding and actually showing you five different models for understanding the relationship between what we find in the Bible, particularly uh, the book of Genesis that we're studying now, and um, what we hear from certain uh you know, realms of science with regard to evolution. And so uh, to do that, I've actually uh, drawn up on my whiteboard, which I'll cut to here in a minute, but I didn't want to distract you by showing you a lot of type. Uh, it's also possible that all of this is going to be backward for you as you're reading it. And this will um, go horribly wrong. And you'll, if you'll, if you're going to read along, you're going to have to use a mirror or something like that, but uh, we'll figure it out as we go. Um, also, quick note before we jump in, this is, you know, I, I, first of all, most importantly, want to remind us of what I said Sunday in the sermon, that uh, so much of what I'm going to present here and kind of just talk you through different uh, models for understanding things really is um, not core uh, and not even clear in Scripture, but more in that contested realm. And so um, you're going to see a, a couple different camps here of different types of, of Christian believers that um, subscribe to kind of different models for how to how to harmonize and fit these things together. Um, and so I just want to, again, reiterate uh, the plea for uh, Christian charity and um, unity on matters that are not essential. Now that said, as we said on Sunday, some of this does kind of slide more into some of those essential realms. And so we'll talk about that too. Um, this is also an oversimplification. Um, and, and it, it also, uh, of all five of these different viewpoints I want to show you. And the other thing to say about it too, is there's way more than five viewpoints on this. Um, I'm just going to show you kind of five, models or, or camps, but really this thing is a spectrum and there could be any number of different sub, uh, sub, um, explanations that you could get into for how to understand the relationship of Christianity, um, and, 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 and the Bible and creation with, uh, science and, um, evolution, etc. And so, uh, with that being said, let me let me give you the very short answer to the question, can Christians believe in evolution? I think the short answer is it depends on 
how you're defining evolution and what you mean by that. And so um, in particular, I'll, I'll go ahead and cut now to my uh, whiteboard that I filled up for you. It looks good on my screen, so hopefully it's coming through on your screen. And I'm just going to kind of step in front of this as needed to explain, and then I'll, I'll just kind of point you to what I'm kind of talking through as we go through. Try and be super as quick as possible on some of this, but give you, you know, still some kind of a, a, a teaser at least to hopefully encourage you to go and research this stuff more. And so I really could have started down here with, you know, more info. If you'd like more info on where I'm kind of pulling this oversimplified outline for each of these five camps from, um, I'll, I'll end there, I guess. But um, we, we might call these Five different camps for understanding the the uh, how something like science or evolution would fit into a Christian worldview. Um, fundamentalism, Christian fundamentalism, young Earth creationism, old Earth creationism, theistic evolution, and Darwinian materialism. So again, gr a gross oversimplification of kind of you know the, the each of these models would be. Um, Fundamentalism is, uh, well, we can just go ahead and go here. What is the, the source of authority for each of these different camps? Um, for fundamentalism, it's going to be the Bible. You know, God God said it, I believe it. That settles it. That's it. Um, they, they, a true fundamentalist, Christian fundamentalist, wouldn't feel the need to harmonize anything from science. Um, you know, it's... Uh, the Bible is all you need. Um, young earth creationism, but the Bible is still going to be clearly the, the primary driving uh, source of authority, but they're going to pull in science when it's useful, when it's helpful um, to help, you know, support their position. And so um, again, you can I go ahead and jump down here to more info, uh, a, 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 a website, a ministry like Answers in Genesis. Um, Dr. Ken Ham is probably the most popular. Um, I, I don't know if he founded it, but certainly a subscriber and, and um, uh, influencer in that camp, in this Young Earth Creationism camp. Um, you're going to, if you go to the, the Answers in Genesis site, you're going to, you know, clearly see appeals to science and a, a lot of, you know, scientific, um, you know, evidence pulled in. Uh, certainly, obviously, just like for any of these camps, when it suits their, um, their answers and um, their model that they're proposing, um, then they're, they're, they're going to, of course, appeal to that. For old earth creationism, there's a, a little bit more, I would say, of um, there's still going to be um, a very, a very uh, serious weight given to scripture. And so uh, most of, again, if you if you go to reasons to believe uh, or reasons dot dot com, uh, which is reasons to believe um, ministry. Uh, Dr. Hugh Ross and, and others uh, are kind of the leading proponents of, of this old earth creationism model. Um, I, th I think you're going to see there's still a very serious attention and weight given to the biblical um, text and the inerrancy of scripture that's held with a very tight hand. And yet um, 
they're going to, they're going to be very much in, in the, the camp of trying to harmonize what we find in the Bible, uh, with what we find in science and, um, looking at both of those God's word and God's world, uh, his, uh, general revelation, special revelation as, um, not being in conflict, but uh, must necessarily be harmonized because all truth is God's truth. And so we should expect the two to always line up. And if, if something that we're reading in scripture doesn't fit with what we find in science, then either the science must be off or the, uh, or, or the text must, we, we must need to interpret it somehow differently. So, uh, then we, we, Continue moving farther uh, this direction. Theistic evolution is a term I believe maybe even um, uh, created by Dr. Francis Collins, who um, founded the ministry Biologos and who was um, the direct, is currently the director of the National Institute for Health and uh, was one of the leading sort of founders of the Human Genome Project. Super um, rock star scientist. Um, but also interestingly self-identifies as an evangelical Christian. And um, as far as I can tell. Um, and so, you know, again, obviously you want to be careful about how people self-identify. Lots of people identify as Christians, but um, you know, that's significant. And so, um, but basically the, the overarching kind of source of authority here is going to be um science and uh, more so even than, than any of these previous ones uh, to the extent that, um, you know, a theistic evolutionist is going to say, look, um, evolution is, is so widely accepted in the scientific community that um, it must be accepted. And so um, we need to, you know, potentially drastically reinterpret scripture in light of that. And so if I could go ahead and even skip down here to how uh, a uh, theistic evolutionist is going to interpret Genesis one through 11, they're going to interpret it very much as um, probably poetry as uh, prehistory. And so they're not going to necessarily look to the, the purpose of Genesis as um, a true kind of scientific um explanation, but it's, it's just kind of a different genre. And so, um, you know, a, a theistic evolutionist might tell you that they're still reading scripture, taking it seriously, but they're certainly not reading it literally or, or taking it, um, in, in that regard. And then finally over here, Darwinian materialism, um, being just your, your run of the mill atheist, um, scientist is, um, you know, the Bible is a myth, uh, not just <laughs> Genesis one through 11, but all of, you know, the Bible is pretty much probably myth and all, all that exists is matter. And so we've got to come up with, uh, some sort of purely rationalist scientific, uh, account for, um, the origins of the universe. Now, if we go through the rest of these quickly, uh, the, the rest of the blanks kind of fall in from there. So evolution, fundamentalist is going to say, no, of course not. You know, that's, that's heresy. Uh, young earth creationist is, might allow for some degree of microevolution. So this is where, you know, the devil's in the details, right? I mean, a micro, uh, a young earth creationist is, I think, going to be able to look at uh, I think I'm being fair to say this, look at something like a dog and say, okay, we've got different breeds of dog. 
they, they might not need to appeal to the idea of God creating every individual breed of dog distinct on, you know, day six of creation so much as uh, saying, okay, you know, God created a prototypical dog or something. And then, you know, we can account for and, and, and show that over time, yes, you know, humans have bred dogs in certain ways to create some for hunting and some for, you know, this and that. So um, there, there might be some allowance for that. An old earth creationist um, certainly is going to allow for um, a, a larger degree even of, of, uh, micro evolution. And so potentially even, you know, things like, um, uh, wolves evolving into dogs or something like that. So maybe just broadening that even a little bit more, although there's still going to be, I think, a sensitivity within old earth creationism, um, about interspecies evolution. And so certainly when it comes to the idea of, uh, really where the, the rubber hits the road with a lot of this for people is the idea of humans evolving from apes or something like that. Uh, everybody on the, the, this side of this chart is going to be very uncomfortable with that. Um, whereas a theistic evolutionist is going to make allowance for both micro and macro evolution. And so, you know, um, they're going to pretty much, I think, adopt wholesale what the Darwinian materialist assumes as well, which is, yeah, you know, evolution, um, even to the extent of uh, something like common descent from, you know, a little lifeless microbe that got struck by a bolt of lightning and got catalyzed and now becomes an amoeba and now evolves into a tadpole, evolves into, you know, a fish that crawls up on land all the way up through apes and humans you know, a theistic evolutionist is going to is going to sign up for um, whatever kind of the, the Darwinian explanation for that would be, which, again, um, might have unique sort of theological problems when it comes to something like if we skip down here, Adam and Eve. Right. So um, Adam and Adam and Eve, uh, if I can just go ahead and skip, I maybe didn't do all these uh, in the best order, but. A fundamentalist is going to say, you know, Adam and Eve, read it literally 6,000 years ago. Young Earth creationist, same thing. Old Earth creationist is going to say, again, um, special creation of humans, not just evolved from uh, apes, but uh, they're going to look more at the fossil record. We'll get to that in a minute and say, you know, we have evidence that um, there were these early hominids that, um, you know, had large brains, tools, uh, bipedal, you know, walked on two feet, all that sort of thing. But uh, existing before 100,000 years ago, um, but we can point to specific differences in, say, uh, the Neanderthal and then the Homo sapien, and certainly the Homo homo sapiens, which um, they're going to look at the fossil record and says about 100,000 years ago. And um, that is the point at which God created specially humans set apart, different, endowed with the image of God. In other words, with a capacity to relate to God, to have a relationship, to understand, to serve, to worship, um, all of that. That's when that happened. Whereas a theistic evolutionist is going to say uh, Adam and Eve are just symbolic. You know, they're really just kind of representative. They're um, 
go down here to the idea of the, the fall in Genesis 3. They serve as sort of an archetype of, of um, something that happens to all of us. You know, we all have fallen short of the glory of God. So they're, if they're still a theistic evolutionist and, and, and fancying themselves a Christian and, and self-identifying as Christian, then they're going to have to say, well, yeah, we all sinned. But this whole idea of original sin being traced through Adam and Eve is going to be more difficult for someone who believes Adam and Eve were merely, you know, symbolic representations. And so that's where I think you really get into issues with the inerrancy of Scripture and um, and, and especially given the fact that Jesus, Paul, I mean, in the New Testament are clearly pointing to Adam and Eve as important historical figures. Obviously, again, Darwinian materialists. They're just myth. So if we go back up here, Asia, the earth for a fundamentalist, it's very clear. Um, you know, day is a day, night and uh, uh, day and night, um, morning and evening, six days of creation, 6,000 years. We can trace the, the, the creation of the world back to 4004 BC. Uh, your young earth creationist, same thing. Uh, old earth creationist is going to take a much more, um, nuanced view of the word yom in Hebrew, which means day. They're in Genesis 1, and so they're going to look at uh, a number of different things. The fact that the word Hebrew, uh, the Hebrew word yom can can mean at least four or five different things in the Hebrew lexicon. It can refer to, to periods. They're going to look at um, you know, passages like second Peter three, eight and Psalm 90 verse two that talk about, you know, a day with us is like a thousand years for the Lord. Um, they're going to look at, um, some of that in, in, in Genesis one and in verse four, where we see God, uh, creating the, 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 or sorry, on creation day four, God creating, um, the sun and the moon for day, for seasons and years and days and say, well, the, the 24 hour day period doesn't even get introduced until the sun and the moon on creation day four. And so the, the, the other word, the other understanding of the word yom from Genesis one has got to mean something different. It's got to be periods. And so all of that is going to be evidence of, for them of this idea that, um, the, 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 the days of creation in Genesis 1 uh, must be referring to periods. And they're, so they're going to accept, you know, a lot of what we see from, again, the fossil records and, um, and you know, core samples of the earth and things like that as far as uh, just they're being, being able to trace the, the age of the earth back to about four, 4 billion years and the age of our universe in particular back about 13 billion years. Uh, same thing for the theistic evolution of the Darwinian materialists. Again, Genesis 1.11, fundamentalists, you're going to read it literally, young earth creationist, that's, that's, that's literally, uh, old earth creationist. And, and again, I'll let you go and um, check out more of the evidence and, and arguments for, for in particular, these two camps, as you're seeing kind of fall out and line up in this post. Um, and my explanation, I particularly encourage you to check out young earth creationism, old earth creationism, but old earth creationism is going to say Genesis one through 11 is um, really has to be compared against some of what we see from other creation texts. They're going to point to the fact that there's really 22 creation texts in uh, scripture, including in particular Job chapters 37 through 39, Psalm 104, Isaiah chapters 40 through uh, 51. 
and a number of others. And so for, for some of those reasons, they're going to say, you know, when it comes to things like the flood, when it comes to things like, again, the word day, we've got to we've got to compare and make sure that all of Scripture fits together. Um, and we've already talked about these. One of the issues, um, as you might be sort of thinking through already, uh, both of these two camps that we're really that I'm really focusing on mostly uh, young and old earth creationists. Both of them have their their strengths and their weaknesses and the, the, the things they really have to try and answer for and be accountable to. And so one of them is the idea of death, right? Where does death enter into this equation? And so uh, the fundamentalist is going to say, you know, all, all death comes in with uh, the fall in Genesis 3, as is the young earth creationist. Old earth creationism has to answer for that, right? I mean, if you're going to allow for the idea that there were these early hominids, even predecessors to, you know, humans, if there, you know, there really was this old earth, um, you know, outworking of God's design and God, yes, being active in moving the process of creation along in stages and all of that, you still have to account for the fact that there's billions of years or at least millions since the the rise of animals and stuff. There's millions of years of death before we even get humans a hundred thousand years ago. And so they got to answer for that. And so the, the answer from uh, the old earth creationist is going to be that if you look at a text like Romans five twelve, which uh, if I can just grab my Bible really quickly and actually read Romans five twelve for you. It says, therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. An old earth creationist is going to say, well, the this, this spread, yes, a certain type of death is a result of, of sin and the fall. Uh, but what, what, what kind of death is Paul talking about there? He's talking about spiritual death. Obviously, we know God told them on the day that you eat of the fruit, you're going to die. And yet they didn't physically die. They were kicked out of the garden. And so uh, both in Genesis 3 as well as in Romans 5, what's being talked about is spiritual death. And so the, the idea that uh, animals were dying for millions of years isn't really a problem for the old earth creationists because physical death isn't our biggest problem. The biggest, most profound problem that Paul's addressing and that scripture is addressing is spiritual death. And that is separation from God. Only humans can experience that anyway, uh, because only humans have spirits. And, uh, and so we've talked about this as well. Um, fossils, that's going to be one of your biggest problems and dinosaurs in the young earth creationist camp. And so, you know, you've got some fundamentalists who will, uh, I've heard even go so far as to say that fossils are, are fake. God put fossils in the ground. Um, and, and this whole idea of carbon 14 dating, uh, to test our faith, to see if we're going to have faith in science or faith in him again, kind of pitting science against, uh, faith in the Bible. A young earth creationist is going to say that with the fall, so for something like, carbon 14 dating of fossils that we, you know, scientifically can, can say, you know, existed millions of years ago, a, um, a young earth creationist is going to say with the fall in Genesis three, the laws of nature changed. And so the second law of thermodynamics, it really kicks in, uh, things start decaying. And so all it's just every, everything gets thrown off in the earth. And so, 
that throws off our instrumentation, that throws off our measuring capabilities. And so it just makes all of that really impossible to rely on uh, science. Science is not dependable when it comes to early, early, way long time ago dating of stuff. Um, the old earth creationist response to that is going to be um, to look at you know a passage like Jeremiah 33, 25 and say, uh, God says that he doesn't change and as proof that he doesn't change, um, he gives us the laws of nature, which don't change. And, um, and so they're going to, again, in a debate, and there's lots of great, I'll, I'll link a debate um, between an old earth and a young earth creationist on here. So you can watch this and kind of judge for yourself, all of this stuff. Um, but in a debate, you know, that's, that's going to sort of be the retort. But again, there's strengths and weaknesses. We, we, we both camps got things they got to get figured out. Same thing, theistic and, and Darwinian, they're all going to um, maybe line up better with at least what we know from modern science as far as the dating of fossils and things. Dinosaurs, uh, same thing here. Uh, young Earth creationist is going to say dino dinosaurs, of course, um, were created 6,000 years ago like everything else. Uh, they were vegetarians because there's no death, and uh, so they – you know, T-Rex couldn't really have been a meat eater. It, it, it was a vegetarian. Um, and so again, some of the, got to stretch some of the science and, you know, what we see in his teeth and believe about how it worked must not be fully understood. Uh, interestingly, young earth creationists are going to say um, dinosaurs uh, got on Noah's Ark. And so Noah had a pair of, of each of the dinosaurs and then they died out afterward uh, by virtue of human hunting and things like that. An old earth creationist is going to say the fossil record says um, dinosaurs lived to 230 to 65 million years ago. And so they weren't actually even alive at the same time as humans. They died out off with, you know, asteroid and, uh, you know, ice age and different things, different explanations for their extinction. Uh, same things here. Other than the fact that theistic evolutionists and Darwinians are both going to say, um, you know, actually the dinosaurs evolved into what became birds, which evolved into what became mammals, et cetera, et cetera. And so they're going to play out that macro evolution even more with the dinosaurs. So there's so much more that could be said about all of this. Um, lots of, again, little nuanced questions in there that we could throw in that are worth asking and worth answering and really interesting if this is kind of your jam. Um, but I, I want to I wanna end by kind of where we began by encouraging you of three things. Number one, go research it for yourself, you know, and pray and uh, look at scripture, most importantly. Uh, number two, um, leave room for disagreement on things that are not absolutely essential to the gospel. Um, you know, God created God is holy and perfect and just. Man is sinful and fallen in need of God and the Savior. Jesus is our Savior and mediator, and we must have faith in him to be reconciled with God. That's the gospel. Outside of that, how God created, when God created, the, the means of that and, and, and mode of that, to me, some of that we just need to leave a little bit more space um, for, for some different models. Um, in, in Christian charity. And then, um, thirdly, I just want to reiterate again, I am not an expert on this stuff. So this, I hope will serve as a good introduction to you. 
to, to pique your interest to go look um, elsewhere to those who are experts. Um, but uh, more than anything, yeah, I want to send you to them. Answers in Genesis, Reasons to Believe, even, even by a Logos. Go check these out. Look at the links that I'm going to include and uh, be edified by it. And more than anything, you know, give, give glory to God uh, who would leave some things on this side of eternity up to a little bit of mystery and um, who would who would create in the first place and uh, who would do so in a way that is so transcendent and, and magnificent that we can't even possibly figure it out with perfect clarity. So um, that's what I want to encourage you with uh, today. And uh, I, I pray that you guys are holding up well in quarantine. We love you and miss you and uh, hope to see you in person again soon. God bless. Well, that's it for this week's episode of Ask the Pastor. Don't forget that you can ask your questions online at westhillsstl.org. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. And thanks for listening.